Good morning, ladies. It is so great to be with you here today, studying the book of Isaiah. And as we see how God's people responded or did not respond to his word and his prophets, my prayer is that we will learn from their errors and see our own. My prayer is that we will walk and live in a different way and not have to learn the hard way, but learn from their mistakes. As we get started, let's pray together. Our great God and Father, we praise your holy name. We worship you, the Holy One of Israel. We come before you to study your word. Please speak to us what we need to hear. Keep our ears and our hearts and our minds open. In Jesus' name, amen. So today we are looking at light and darkness. Our main passage is in, the cha is in Isaiah chapter 9, and I'm going to read that for us, but let's go ahead and read it together. And I'm going to take um, some of the verses here. Isaiah 9.1, but there will be no more gloom for her who was in anguish. In earlier times, he treated the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali with contempt, but later on he shall make it glorious by way of the sea on the other side of the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles. The people who walk in darkness will see a great light. Those who live in the dark land, the light will shine on them. You shall multiply the nation. He's talking about the Lord. The Lord, you will increase their gladness. They will be glad in your presence as the gladness of harvest, as men rejoice when they divide the spoil. For you, Lord, will break the yoke of their burden and the staff on their shoulders and the rod of their oppressor. And we're going down to verse 6 because here, we hear of a promise of hope for a child will be born to us, a son will be given to us, and the government will rest on his shoulders and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. There will be no end to the increase of his government or of peace on the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and righteousness from then on and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will accomplish this. There is a lot going on in this verse today. And today, I wanted to start with this one word, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will accomplish this. And the reason I want to define that for you right now, the zeal of the Lord, because I want you to think about it as we're talking today, as, it, as we hear about it through the whole of this message and these scriptures that we're going to be looking at, because zeal can be defined as a strong emotion viewed positively as a high level of commitment for something that is rightly his or her own. So we look at this as God's zeal, his commitment for those who are rightly his, his own. 
zeal and jealousy, they kind of go together as words that are intense. And we're not viewing jealousy as we might think of it, but in this positive way, how the Lord is jealous for, it talks about his intense love of his people. So we can read this, that all of this is going to come to pass that we just read in Isaiah 9. That the zeal of the Lord, that his intense love for his people, that his commitment for something that is rightly his, this is what motivates him to do all of the things he says that he is going to do, that we are going to look at. And we are going to start by looking at the reality of darkness, Jesus, the light of salvation, and living in the light. And we are going to use Isaiah chapter 9 as our jumping off point. We're going to start here in the reality of darkness. Darkness in the scripture is depicted in numerous ways. We see it as depicted with evil and sin and death. God's judgment, the shadow of death, depression, sorrow, pain. It is also associated with ignorance and blindness that people are in the dark. This is how scripture talks about darkness throughout it. But we start, we see it in Genesis. We saw that God created the heavens and the earth. That darkness was over the surface of the deep and the spirit of God was moving over the surface of the waters. And then God said, let there be light. And there was light. God saw that the light was good, and God separated the light from the darkness. He called the, the light day and the darkness night. What beauty God had created. Here, the night sky filled with stars. The calmness, the rhythm that he gave to night and day for us to rest. And we see that God created for good. After the fall is when we see the association with all the other negative things, with the, with the darkness and death and sin. And we see it through the beginning with God's judgment over the Egyptians. He gave an, ex an exact darkness that came over their land as his judgment. We see it even as in the New Testament when Christ is on the cross and at his death and how in the middle of the day it was as night, darkness came over. The vivid visual of darkness is right here in Isaiah 8. Remember our chapter, verse 9, starts with, but. 
And we know that when we study scripture, that we want to look for those words, the connecting words, the words that um, lead into something else. So, but or therefore. And so we want to go back because it says, but there will be no more gloom for who was in anguish. So what was happening in verse, in chapter 8? Well, this gave us a visual of the Israelites turning away from God as we know they were doing. But they were even consulting the dead for answers. They were going to the dead to provide them with security and food and everything that they were asking for. They were going to the dead for answers, not to their own living God. It talks of how after all their sin that they will find no answers. Of course they won't. And they will be hungry and they will curse their king and God as they face upward. And verse eight, 20, chapter um, 8 verse 22 says, Then they will look to the earth and behold, and this is what they will behold, distress and darkness, the gloom of anguish, and they will be driven away into darkness. What a picture. It resonates well with blindness and ignorance, doesn't it? And death. That's where the darkness leads. But even as we feel swallowed up with darkness, Know this truth. God is never lost in the darkness. God is never hampered by the darkness. Even if we cannot see, he sees. Nothing is hidden from him. Listen to this verse from Psalm 139. If I say, surely the darkness will overwhelm me and the light around me will be night, even the darkness is not dark to you, and the night is as bright as day. Darkness and light are alike to you. Ladies, I pray that this will bring you comfort as we contend to think in our own dark times that we are alone and that no one sees us and that we are hidden from everyone's sight. But darkness is not dark to him. It is to us. But even in the darkness, he sees clearly as in the light of day. As we go back to our text in Isaiah 9, as he talks about that the people who walk in darkness will see a great light and that the light will shine upon them. How beautiful is this? There is a promise coming. There's a promise coming. Jesus, the light of salvation, is coming. As we see in Isaiah 9, those were some promises that were given out of the darkness. A son is to be given. And all that the Lord will do, he will do. He will multiply the nation. Now, do you remember from a couple weeks ago how we learned that, that despite all the devastation that would be coming, the, the 
northern kingdom being taken over by the Assyrians, the southern kingdom being taken over by the Babylonians, that God would leave a remnant. But it would be small. But here, what does he promise? He promises that he will multiply the nation. Do you remember who's doing it? The zeal of the Lord of hosts because of his great intense love for his people, right? This is what he is doing. He will multiply the nation. He will increase their gladness. Surely they were not gladness in the darkness. He will break the yoke of their burden and the staff of their shoulders and the rod of their oppressors, and he will give a son. What great hope. Jesus, the light of our salvation. As we studied these verses in John, John 1 to 5, in the beginning was the word. The word is a, another name for Jesus. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through him, and apart from him, nothing came into being that has come into being. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. But here we have, in him was life, and the life was the light of men. In Christ, in Christ alone, friends, is life and light. He is both. Jesus brings them to us. He said also in John 8, I am the light of the world. He who follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Ladies, when we receive Christ, when we have him as our savior, he is our life. He breathes life into our dead souls. He brings light to our life. He brings light to our day. He brings light that we can see God. We can lift up our face to him, to the light of our God through Jesus Christ. Not as the people lifted their hands and their face and cursed God, but we lift our faces to him in joy and we receive his life and his light. Jesus is our light. We will not walk in darkness. He makes us upright. His life and life, ladies, he brings uprightness to us. Psalm 112, I wanted to look at this because it talks about in verse 4, light arises in the darkness for the upright. I just want us to have this little word picture here. Light rises in the darkness for the upright. Ladies, when we walk in darkness, we cannot see clearly. But this verse shows us that as the light arises in the darkness for the upright, 
He is gracious and compassionate and righteous. These things do not come from the one who is called here upright. Those come from Christ who makes us upright. He makes us gracious and compassionate and righteous. It is well with the man who is gracious and lends. He will maintain his cause in judgment, for he will never be shaken. The righteous will be remembered forever. He will not fear evil tidings. His heart is steadfast, trusting in the Lord. His heart is upheld. He will not fear. Light arises in the darkness for the upright. Can we be upright in our own power? Surely not. This is who we want to be that is listed here in Psalm 112. But it is only the light that can give us that life. It is only Jesus Christ who can give us that light and life. Ladies, as we will see and as you know, the challenge in this life is that darkness will come. It will come. In the book called Byzantium by Stephen Lawhead, it's a story of great uh, quest by a young monk. And he has an older monk who is sending him on a quest. The older monk knows that Aden will face many dangers and darkness and opposition. And so he wisely encourages him with these words. Do not lose hold in the darkness what you knew to be true in the light. Ladies, in the light, we see things clearly. But the darkness tempts us to doubt things we knew to be true in the light. Hold on to the truth, friends. The truth that Jesus, he not only gives us light, but he gives us light. He is the light. Cling to and hold on for dear life to the truth of God's word and what you learn and you study about in God's word, what we are learning about. But we also want to do more than that. We want to open our hearts and take it in and store up his promises and his character and his truths so that our roots can grow deep in them. So that we keep going back to what we know to be true over and over. About five years ago, my youngest son, Cade, was um, on an internship in the country of England and he was gonna be doing some traveling. And his, he was traveling all around the countries there and his latest trip was going to be to the country of Turkey. And I can just tell you, as a mom, sending one of your own far away from you, uh, I just kind of ran around with just this constant little bit of nausea. just that, that little worry about him. And on the morning that he was going to be going to Turkey, 
That evening, he had decided that he would go to uh, the airport that he was going to catch his flight from in Manchester alone. And he went at night and then slept in the airport. Um, my nervousness was growing. He was not flying into Istanbul, but to another airport. But about three days earlier, there had been a bombing in the airport in Istanbul, Turkey. My anxiety was growing even more. That morning, I was hit with a wave, a wave of darkness, a wave of fear, a wave of distress, a wave of anguish. And all I could do was fall on the floor. I couldn't even think of any words except protect him, protect him, protect him. I must have said it over a hundred times amidst my sobs. I couldn't even catch my breath. I couldn't even breathe. And I just felt like I was in a pit. But God, ladies, he brought in to mind a truth that I knew about him. And I reached for it and I clung to it with everything I had. God is sovereign. God is powerful. God is loving. And they just kept coming. He kept bringing back the truth of who he is to my mind from the scripture that I had studied, from the prayers that I had been offering to him, and the study of who he is and his light came into my darkness, and I was able to breathe, and I had more light as I remembered who I was praying to, who I was asking for protection for my son. I was praying for the God of the universe. I was praying to him. I was praying to the Lord of hosts. I was praying to the Holy One of Israel, our sovereign God. And I was clinging to his truth as for dear life. Ladies, keep going back to what you know to be true. Because the darkness will come. We live in a dark world. It will happen. But the light has dawned. The light arises for the upright. The light arises for the upright. Here is his word. Psalm 18, 28. For you light my lamp. The Lord my God illuminates my darkness. Amen. Ladies, write down these verses. I pray that you will go over them. Psalm 36, 7 to 9. How precious is your loving kindness, O God, and the children of men take refuge in the shadow of your wings. They drink their fill of the abundance of your house, and you give them to drink of the river of your delights. For with you is the fountain of life. In your light, we see all light. Did you hear that? For with you is the fountain of life, Jesus. In your light, in your light, God, in your light, God, 
we see light. Because of your light, we are able to see the light of your son. Because of your light, we see that you are a promise keeper, a faithful God. And here we see even more in Isaiah 9, right? How the Lord talks about that after the son is given, that on his throne of David, his kingdom will be established. It will uphold with justice and righteousness from then on and forevermore. Ladies, that is to come. Jesus Christ was the answer to God's promise for a son. And even more is coming. His kingdom will be established. When he was born, he established his kingdom on earth. He will establish it in heaven forevermore to come. Our verse in Isaiah 60, didn't we hear that no longer will we have the sun by light for day for the brightness of moon at night, but we will have the Lord as an everlasting light and your God for your glory. Your sun will no longer set, your moon will no longer wane, for you will have the Lord for an everlasting light, and the days of your mourning will be over, then all your people will be righteous. Does that sound familiar at all? It reminded me, I've heard that somewhere before, over in Revelation 21, 23 to 24, and the city has no need of the sun or of the moon to shine on it, for the glory of God has illuminated it, and its lamp is the Lamb. The lamp is Jesus. Jesus is the light. Jesus is the life. And that is coming. Also in verse 4, it states that he will wipe away every tear and there will no longer be any death or mourning or pain. Here is our hope to come, our promise, another promise for us to cling to, ladies. The Lord is faithful. He has been faithful. He will be faithful to what he has promised and what he has proclaimed. Author Max Lucado asks us this question. The question is not, will God keep his promises, but will we build our lives upon them? Ladies, how will we live in the light? As we see how the Lord is true, how his word has come to pass, and we see what we have to look forward to. It is so hope-filled and joyful. So how will we live in the light? We saw that as the light arises on the darkness uh, for the upright, that compassion and graciousness and righteousness, those are marks of one living in the light who has the life of Christ. They are not to be shaken. Fear no evil tidings. Their heart is steadfast, trusting in the Lord. 
Their heart is upheld by Christ, so they will have no fear. Wow, ladies, what overwhelming fruit and blessing the light and the life brings to our soul. I want to take us to 1 Peter 2.9 to give us more understanding about living in the light. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession. So that, mark that, so that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who has called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. For you were once not a people, but now you are the people of God. You had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Ladies, it gives us a so that. Did you hear it? So we want to listen to what that is for. So that we, mo we may proclaim the excellencies of him who has brought us out of darkness into his marvelous light. His excellencies, what would those be? First, he saves. He called you out. He called me out. And he calls us into his light. He calls us. Jesus gives us life. He provides us the way of salvation. Who is Jesus? Jesus is the son who is given. God in the flesh, our ruler and our king. Wonderful counselor. Mighty God, everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. We could go on and on and on. An old hymn talks about where the sky a scroll of parchment and the ocean filled with ink and each man and woman a scribe. The scroll could not contain the whole of the love of God. The ocean would run dry with ink trying to write about it. The light of life fills us and transforms us and saves us. And it radiates from us first back to God in praise. And it spills out into our obedience and our service and our lives to be lived for him. And it flows on to others that they may see him, that they may come to our Lord and our God. Ladies, I want you to mark, if you would, Isaiah 12. And I'd like you to go and read it and study it because it parallels beautifully with Isaiah 9 as it talks about how the Lord saves us and turns us from his anger, that he is our salvation, that our hearts need not fear because we trust in him, that he is our strength and our song and our salvation, that we want to praise the Lord and let him be known throughout the whole earth because great in our midst is the Holy One of Israel. The Holy One of Israel is great in our midst. Jesus came and he saves and we still have the promise to come. We know that it is out of God's zeal, his great jealousy, his love 
for his people, his extreme love, even when we turn away, that we would be drawn to him and come to him. May we return over and over to the truth that Jesus is life and Jesus is light and that we are called into his marvelous life and his marvelous light. Let us proclaim his excellencies as we live in these truths today and every day to his praise and his glory. Amen.